This is the Original Judo Podcast. Welcome to the show. Hi everybody, um, welcome to the Original Judo Podcast uh, with myself, Chris Millward, and uh, accompanying me as always is uh, James Austin. James, are you okay? I'm good, thanks mate. How are you doing? Okay, um, kind of had a little bit of downtime over the past few weeks, um, not too much judo on, so it's kind of been, been good just to spend some uh, time with the family. Um, how about yourself? Um, it's obviously half term last week for all our, our British uh, listeners, and I was battling putting a kitchen in um, <laughs> throughout the week, um, and some days the kitchen won, but some days I won as well, so... Kind of following that old judo proverb, it doesn't matter how many times you get fall, but as long as you <laughs> set back up every single time, you get knocked down. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the kitchen. And, uh, it was it was challenging some days, but we, we're getting there. We're almost done. Me and my dad, um, shout out to the almighty Les Austin, uh, <laughs> representing uh, Kitchen Fit Never. Um, Great work. So have you managed to catch much of the judo recently? Well, yeah, only in. Obviously, two tournaments, I suppose, since we was last um, speaking with each other. And the Madrid tournament just this this weekend passed on, then uh, before over in uh, Hon Hot, um, which was really quite difficult in terms of the live updates, really. I think there was a bit of an internet block, but in terms of the finals blocks, I was able to catch a, a little bit of that. But obviously, following the, the, the draw cards, uh, the cool cards right the way through, really, and following following as many results as I, as I could. How about yourself? I guess kind of the opposite. I didn't see Ho Hot live, but I've managed to catch quite a lot of judo on the, the, the judo base website. And then I didn't manage to catch much of the, the Madrid World Cup. What I will say, though, is that, you know, with Olympic qualification has started, Q fanfare, and um, I don't know, it does seem like the tournaments are busier already, doesn't it? Well, yeah, I mean, I was looking at um, looking at Hon Hot and, and there was, a lot of good, good names right the way throughout most weights. Kind of almost equivalent to a European Championships kind of um, standard event, really. And I could see that the points reflected um, within Hon Hot are akin to a kind of um, continental uh, event, really. Yeah. Mirrored that sometimes it doesn't always map out like that. Um, there are some tournaments where you can get greater points for actually than what it would normally be on offer, but. I think Hon Hart had a, a quality and strength in depth um, right the way through the weights. I think the same. And, and looking at the, the fight sheets for Madrid as well, I was surprised at how busy it was, considering it does score points for Olympic qualification. But it's they've, it's practically valueless in that regard now, in, in terms of Olympic qualification points, because it's worth so few. You know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to be that, for, for certainly for the last cycle and and for London, you know, winning the World Cups, the Continental Opens, had a lot of value and you could qualify games off them. Um, but because they've they've been devalued in terms of points because the points for the other events have gone up, you know, I was I was really surprised to see how many so athletes almost, there were there. It's almost like a saturation event, isn't it? Really, in terms of the numbers that you're going to be coming up against. Um, probably four or five matches to win a medal, um, and the quality within the 
categories as well. You know, kind of there will be one or two, possibly three high quality um, competitors in each way in Madrid, um, which I think is kind of to be pulling a medal there. You, you know, you're going to be doing really, really well. Talking, should we, should we start with Ho Hot? Yeah, what, what, what were your thoughts about that? What, what did you see, kind of um, results wise, and what, what, what did, what were your views? Oh, I guess uh, from a from a British perspective, obviously, we took a, a really young team, um, and there was a couple of things that stood out really. Um, that they only, only took one athlete at sixty threes and seventy threes, perhaps more so seventy three kilos. I think, but both of those weights and eighty ones and nineties as well. You've got three or more athletes trying to to qualify the categories and and that's why i was surprised at 73s you know you only had the one was it dan powell who fought dan powell fought didn't he i think he he won a match and then got beat by the russian and um, second match i think yeah. the top of it you know no um no no shame out shame in the loss there and actually watched the dan powell's match against the russian you know kind of really good he, he didn't um well out of his depth he was it was you know it was a tough tournament for him tough draw but yeah. uh, I've seen that result well. Yeah, he did well. Um, but I would have expected that either Eric would have been there, Eric Ham, or if not, I would have thought that, that Danny Williams would have would have applied to be there. Yeah, you, you would hope so, and you can see what the what the response was because you you want to see the um, on the world tour the the representation there, particularly if athletes are willing to self fund in, in those types of tournaments. Yeah, you'd have thought that. The, the guys from Warsaw are going to get more opportunities, you know, and that's going to make it difficult for those guys at a Cambly, at a Bath or in Edinburgh to to qualify. It was disappointing to see that there was a space there. Maybe maybe Eric pulled out or, or maybe the application didn't go in, but I can't see there being too many opportunities, you know, um, for Danny to compete where the centre, British, the, the Warsaw haven't put two athletes into the event. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And I think, I think for me, um, you know, kind of using a bullseye terminology, points mean prizes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of, that's where, was it bullseye? Anyway, it doesn't matter. But points <laughs> mean prizes, don't we? And, I um, think you've I, alienated that, about um, <laughs> half, half of the, the world. Half of the world. Can't beat a bit of bully. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, the thing for me is kind of, I think it's 750 points. Um, for a, uh, I can't remember if it was a bronze medal. Um, in comp- you know, like we were talking talking about before, the the points that you can receive in Hompot were big in comparison to the points that you receive in Madrid. Um, and you you won with um, players who aren't centralised, who aren't on the funded program or the World Rank 18 program. If they're going to get the opportunities to yeah. uh, take the bigger points. Scoring, um, because if you, if you have a good day on a on a high point scoring event, you're going to be well up there. If you have a good day in a lower point scoring event, you know it's not as you say. It could all it's almost worthless. Yeah, of course. And and you saying before, like the Madrid was kind of like that reached that saturation point where all the weight categories had. You know, it's going to be four or five fights to get to the final. Yes. Along the way, you're going to meet a couple of good athletes. You're going to meet athletes who have unusual styles and you, you you get the same in in a whole heart and maybe the standard players are better but the the value event is so much higher um the other thing the other thing i was surprised to see was uh jemima 
uh, fighting at 78s. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, I was wondering if it's a permanent move up or if it's something for competition exposure over the next couple of years. Because again, that's that's a weight where you've got two athletes who, at the moment, Gemma and Sally are so far out ahead of everybody else and they're going to be battling it out themselves. Potentially, Jemima wouldn't get that much exposure. I I wasn't sure of a few things, to be honest, with, with Jemima Tice. I, I watched a fight against a Korean, tough draw against a Korean, and she really dropped underneath her really sharpish uh, in the first exchange, and then kind of shown her strongest hand too early for me in that match, um, and repeated it, and kind of, she lost on the ground, you know, kind of whatever, really. But I, I was wondering, um, I've, I noticed that the team's currently in Japan, um, so I wondered if she she's come off the back of her third ACL, um, hasn't she, uh, Jemima? And, and I'm wondering if they're doing some hypertrophy. Well, they're so kind of wanting to do a competition block, but actually build on the muscle mass. Um, you know, I wonder if she's out of the out of out of the um, whether she's on safe ground with her knees and stuff like that, or do they actually want to really rebuild? you know, uh, uh, the muscularity around it and give her an opportunity to just continue to compete, to chip away. Um, I also wondered, like you were saying there, about the exposure, but I think more than that, I, I know Jemima's a very, very driven young woman, and I'm wondering if she's got her headset on Tokyo and will see a challenge ahead of her with, with Natalie, um, you know, kind of World Rank 3. Um, but actually thinks, do you know what, I'll, I'm going to give it a go, um, but get the exposure within there and see where I end up. Um, I also kind of wonder, um, what, like you were saying there, about the, the weight, and she, I, I've seen a picture with them in Japan today, and she's actually stood next to Natalie, and Natalie's head and shoulders above her height-wise, um, yeah. and, and you think... Right, okay. But I, I remember back to um, 2008 and uh, Woolett, the German, um, you know, I think she, she'd won a number of European medals, I think, off the top of her head, and possibly even a world medal, um, weighed in at 71.5 kilos, 72 kilos, for under 78 in Beijing, and significantly under the weight, you know, so it is a weight category where... Um, you know, you can be significantly under the weight and it not overly have an impact. Um, well, Kayla, obviously, is the other one who she fought 70s for a period after London, didn't she? That's so, right, yeah. yeah. You know, she wasn't... When she fought the game, she looked very strong at the weight, but she, again, she wasn't the biggest person in the category. No, um, and the, this is the thing. Um, a former training partner of mine, uh, Michelle Rogers, kind of, she... Towards the end of the career, I think Beijing probably weighed in about seventy-four kilos. You know, it's it wouldn't be unusual to be significantly under the weight um, within that specific weight category. And I would probably say it's the only weight category within judo that you can do that. Um, so possibly, I, 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 I love I love what I love what you're saying as well um, about like kind of giving herself the opportunity to try for Tokyo. You know she may not get the opportunity to go head-to-head with Sally and Gemma. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and she's given herself an opportunity. Now, certainly from my own perspective, I spent far too long tying my identity in with a weight category, which was 90 kilos. You know, I, I do wish I'd moved up the weight category earlier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, ultimately it gave me a shot at, at going to the games and that's why I got the shot really because if I'd have stayed at 90s I would have disappeared shuffled to the back of the deck and uh, I was way behind the guys in that that category so if that's one part of the reasons I think that's a really good really good decision for it and I I think for me you know it's for other people to say no isn't it so it's a bit like you were saying there about Danny applying if Danny's applying it's for them to say you know for the system to say no um which I think Jemima's maybe created that, you know, like, okay, I recognise Sally and Gemma are doing wonderfully well. And when you think of that weight category, um, you know, there are others in in and around the weight weight category domestically. You know, when you think of the number of 63 um, women that we've got, you, you think, you know, that there will be some movement within those categories because people are looking for the for the edge, aren't they? Um, the sixty, you know, the 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 girls at sixty threes are they going to move up to seventies? Well, maybe, maybe not. Um, and the girls at seventies who are competing against each other are they going to move up to seventy eights? I think for me overall, the strength and depth in that team at the minute is is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, certainly 57s up to under 78s and, and possibly over 78s because obviously Sarah Adlington got silver in the Madrid World Cup this weekend and we'll come to that in a minute. Yeah. You know, um, and potentially at the moment, 48s, 52s. And you've got 48s, current European under 23 champion in Kelly Stadden and also um, world ranked top 30, Kim, uh, Kim Renix. Um, you know, but are they at the world, top world level? You know, elite level? No, I think I think it's fair to say. But the no, you know, the no mugs either. Fifty twos, Chelsea Giles, you know, really starting to chip away. Looks as she's qualified her own place for the Worlds um, later on in the year already with her recent result um, I think in Georgia. Um, you know, so for such a young athlete, he's knocking on the door. And then you know, we've almost forgotten about. Becky and Amy Livesey, um, withdrew from Paris. Um, you know, I'm not sure of the reasons why they withdrew, but kind of I've seen that they're out in Japan um, as we as we speak, really. So you're looking at them: Nakoda, Alice, Shema Howell, Natalie Powell, Sally Conway, Sarah Adlington. That's not a bad team. Um. So staying with the women, what did you think of Gemma's performance? Wow. Um. I watched her first match against Polaris. Um who's the Austrian, and I watched her fight her in the Europeans, um, and I thought she could beat her at the Europeans, and I thought, hot, hot, it's going to be a little test, because once you've beaten somebody, the key is to beat them again and again and again, and not let them back into your psyche. Polaris is ranked higher than, than, than Howell at the time, and she caught her really, really on with the but the tenacity that she's shown to take the win in the, in the weather, following the, the, the Koichi knockdown was just phenomenal. And I, I was really yeah, in admiration of that. And seeing her coming through that match to then fight Vargas Cork, I thought, oh, you know, going to be a tough match for her here. Probably not going to come through it. But she did. And then she got her eye, world, world rank number one. 
and I think Gemma probably started the day world rank, you know, in, in the twenties with a recent um, European bronze that had helped her. Um, but for her to beat Polaris, who I think was world rank eighteen, Vargas Cox, you know, I'm not sure of her world ranking at points at the time, but certainly top ten, and then world rank number one in our eye. That is pretty, pretty phenomenal, if you ask me. And uh, well done. I think she she won the bronze by um, beating uh, a Swedish girl, Anna Bonhomme, I think, um, who, who, again, is really high quality. High quality. I can't think who she lost to. Um, it's, it's escaping me as you speak. Um, but, you know, when you look at that chain of results, you know, she must be on cloud nine at the minute. She lost to the, the Dutch girl, Van Dyke. That's right, Van Dyke, yeah. Who went on to win it, didn't she? And she's no mug. There's absolutely no mug. Um, you know, and I think it went to Golden Score, didn't it? You know, so small margins. Oh, I think I think that sums it up. I think Gemma was phenomenal on the day. And you look at that draw ahead of time and you think Vargas Cock, Arai in the same size and you think it's going to be a tough day, but... She's, yeah, she's just so effective. I think she's really similar to Sal in that regard, in that she's so effective with her gripping at neutralising her opponents and so quick at her transition. I, I really like that. And against Arrow, yeah, Arrow really seemed to struggle with the tempo that Gemma was set, setting. Yeah. yeah. You know, was it three penalties in about two minutes? Yeah, it was really. And, and that, that was that was a surprise for me. That, you know, she, if you stay in 45 seconds for a Shido and she. We, She's wads it off in, in kind of two, two and a half minutes, something like that. Yeah. There you go. It's crazy. Uh, you know, kind of work rate, match, match, match strategy. Kind of well done to her. Really well done. Definitely. Um, any other any other highlights for you? Well, um, I, I suppose for me, um, and I, I, want, I almost want to ask the same question to you because we, we've had a bit of a preamble here. Um, <laughs> but I, I'll call it Nidan. Um, oh. touching by her you, you, you think how on earth is he still doing this 35 years of age um, kind of winning tough tournaments but not only winning but in the manner that he wins against the quality of the opponent that he's, he's been fighting against you know he's really rolling back the years current Olympic I think silver medalist is he um, is he current silver medalist He's got a gold and a silver, hasn't it? It's not a bad collection, is it? Is he, yeah, did he maybe miss out this time? Get gold and silver at yeah, yeah. Beijing and London. But fighting in the overs against his countrymen in the final, great, great, great win. What did you have to think about um, about him? Uh, again, I thought he was immense. Um, seeing him kind of pick apart some of the, I guess, some of the you know, the bigger names, or the, the names that are certainly on top at the moment, like, um, do you beat Moura? I say Moura. Uncomfortably, hey? Yeah. You also beat the Iranian lads, uh, Maju, I think in the second or third round. Yeah, yeah. Again, just rolling back the years, looks so, so good. You, If he can keep it up, you've got to say he's going to be a, you know, he's going to surprise a few people at the games. Tactically, he, and he's, he's a tackle. Yeah, I think that's the thing. He's, he's, he's technical and tactical. I mean, the Mongolians are my favourite judo players. I've, I've got to be be honest there. Um, followed them since probably 
1992. Um, that's a bit freakish, though, isn't it? Kind of bronze, bronze in 60 kilos at 1992 Olympics, bronze in um, 1996 Olympics with a guy called Narmandak, um, who was also a world-level wrestler. Um, and, you know, you kind of, they, they have a, a history and a style that is blended between, you know, their, their own Mongolian wrestling style and then how they interpret that into judo and wrestling and actually just use that, you know, kind of, in many ways, I'm overly respectful of the Japanese way, you know, so they, they're not bothered. If, if I'm honest, you know, they, whether it's the, some of the conversations I've had with Mong- Mongolian judoka is kind of um, like, yeah, well, you know, is it Ippon Sienagi or Marotta Sienagi? And they would just say, arm throw, <laughs> you know, and they just oh, wow. really bothered about um, the the Japanese influence on judo. They they just want to wrestle and, uh, you know, with with respect, I'm saying this, Um but it's just that within the culture just to, to wrestle and fight and kind of build on uh, what Genghis Khan gave them, I think. <laughs> Genghis Khan and then obviously uh, Hashbatar as being their first world champion and then uh, Naidan being their first Olympic champion. Again, the lad, in, the lad in our club, he has said that the sport has just exploded in Mongolia since Naidan won his... He, he was the first Olympic gold medalist from any sport from Mongolia. Oh, Mongolia, yeah. Now, the president of Mongolia is also a judo player, isn't he? Um, it's, I think it's, it, you know, they, they've got they've got real significant history that is easily missed, I think, within, within judo. Um, but I can see it. As you, there's a lad at your club there says, he'll, you know, he's going to be much better informed than what I am. But I know the, when I've sort of spoken to a Mongolian judo player who comes to the clubs near, near me, very, very... Um, in tradition and within culture and it's one of my big passions really is watching grappling within cultures um but to see that you know to see um Nigan there pulling out another top top draw medal in a tough tournament against the world the best in the world oh, it's great to see one of my favorites there was uh there's a couple of other things that stood out for me so um Hashimoto lost yes tell us about that I'm sure if you're on Instagram, you'll have seen the you'll have seen the the the, the finish of the fight where um, was it Anne Changraman from Korea flew in for Sienagi and Hashimoto's gone to take him back, but Anne's managed to direct it. So right, I'm not seen that. No, you know, it's um it's worth looking at. It was it's definitely a pun, and Hashimoto clearly knows that he's he's made an error. But again, I. He looked comfortable up till that point, and Anne looked. It looked like he was attacking a little bit in panic. Not in panic. That's disrespectful to him. But he looked like he was rushing. Uh, but he did incredibly well to kind of keep a bit of control of the throw. It does start to say, has Hashimoto peaked too early? You know, mm. some of the some of the Japanese athletes not looking as effective as they have already. I think Baker fought as well at the weekend. Yeah, um, Baker, yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't, didn't look as effective as he has done in the past. Having said that, Mariyama, I thought, was spectacular. Just so dynamic. 66-kilo uh, Japanese boy. Yeah, so tell us about him. I, did, I didn't see, see where he came out. 
Oh, he, he ended up winning it. He, he, to be honest, he won the final, I think, on Shido's against Puliev. Right, um, okay. The Russian. Yeah, absolutely. But all the way there, his judo is just, like, magical. I don't know if you saw the tweet in the week from... I was it a judo fan? Yeah, um, the Japanese talk, team. Yeah, talking about how um, Abe is the only player who's kind of got the, safe. A, a safe place. Well, if you can, go and catch some of the matches from Mariyama at the weekends. And I've, I've seen him fight previously. He's such a spectacular thrower. It's amazing to watch. And he can do anything. It's it's absolutely brilliant. Uchimata's Harrow's and Sodi seem to be his seem to be his choice at the weekend, but he's he's yeah, incredible. Well worth oh, that, that'll be my homework there. Yeah. Wouldn't be surprising to see him putting pressure on uh, Abe. And if they're not both in the world's team, I'd be very surprised. Um Madrid. Oh yeah, Madrid. Sorry. Um, again, I didn't see much of Madrid. Uh, the two results that stood out were obviously Sarah Addington with silver and then Nathan Burns got fifth place. But it looked yeah. like a tough event. You know, I I haven't got too much to say. I've, I haven't seen too many matches from it, if I'm honest. Um, when you look at it, tough tournament, high numbers, good quality, but not the best quality. Um you know, I think if you're going to be knocking on the door for Tokyo, you need to be in and around the medals within the within the World Cups. Um, you know, each time you're at a World Cup, because you actually you need to be competing at the events uh, higher quality than those. Avington took a silver, good result for her. Um, one of my own personal frustrations, though, is noticed that she didn't just have thrown anybody again. You know, in terms of positive scores and. Um, I'd like her to, to, to see more positive scores from her. However, effective, how can anybody complain at a silver medal? So I suppose for me, leave that one there. Um, but Nathan, you know, kind of good to see him kind of getting through the rounds. And he must be disappointed with the fifth place because actually he's felt he's there or thereabouts, hasn't he? And kind of just converting that opportunity, medal opportunity into a medal is um, just what he's needed. And you spoke previously about confidence and how confidence breeds confidence. And particularly for Nathan, he just needs that one breakthrough to to really kind of kickstart things for him. Um, what are your thoughts from, uh, from Madrid? I saw the results and it seems like a relatively young team. The, the older athletes, I thought, were obviously Sarah Adlington and uh, Danny, Danny Williams. Yes, um, but other than that, I thought a relatively young, young team going out, uh, getting some experience. Great to see Ebony, uh, Drysdale Daly on back on the mat. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. I think she won her first, and then she had the really good German girl in second. That's year, right. So. That's correct. She's somebody who would, who's. It was nice to see her back on the mat. Um, yeah. I think she could do it seven, do well at seventy-eight. You know. Again, she's perhaps not the biggest, but. Would certainly be cause Natalie problems. I think um, I'm not saying she beat her, but would there's another athlete who could push her? Um, yeah, and again, who is in the the position where the two girls at seventies are so far clear at the moment um, that you can't see anyone else catching them. So no. I don't know, but it was it was again great to great to see her competing again at this level. And the, the fifth by Nathan and the, the silver 
by Sarah. Really good results. And uh, I'm really pleased for Sarah, um, and I really hope she can build on it. And uh, I'd love to see her in Tokyo. So that, that's my two pens. But again, I didn't see any of the judo. I only caught the results. And it seemed like a, a it was ram-packed, um, which I was I was surprised about. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you just wonder if the, the... Was it because it's the start of the Olympic cycle? Um, or actually... Is, is this what the World Cups are going to be like? You know, like the Continental Open, or whatever called these days, um, throughout the, the whole process. Um, and I hope so. Yeah, definitely. Good to see. It'd be good to see that, that, that kind of strength carry on. So, we've captured the events um, from the last two weeks. Have we got anything additional to add, would you say, James, um, with regards to this? Are you happy with where where we've come to as a conclusion for the end of today's podcast. I don't know, I've run out of things to talk about. <laughs> what about yourself? Yeah. Is there anything else That'll you do. want to do? No, I think, I think we've really um, captured where we're at. Um, we've looked at the, the British team we're at currently out training in Japan. Um, and let's, let's roll on to the next podcast, I suppose. That's the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Chris for hosting. That's his second run out uh, running the show, and I think it's pretty good, so thank you very much. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook. It's at Original Judopod. Go check out the website. It's at OriginalJudopod.com. And go leave a review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. Catch you soon, guys.